0: Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hey, everybody, this is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. And today we get to talk to people who are trying to share a message either through writing or speaking but on a limited budget. And the title of our show today is Influencing Lives, Writing and Speaking on a Shoestring. So during this hour, our guest Sharon Riddle, who I'll just introduce to you in just a moment, is going to share with us the first step and how to master it, the little-known secret action that will change everything, how to plant seeds everywhere through books, uh, and your options of, to publish on a shoestring there, how to make the material work, how to use online options for publicity, and other writing and speaking opportunities. Now, Sharon Riddle and her husband, Ike, and daughters live in New Brunsville, Texas. She's a graduate of Azusa Pacific University and attended both Western Evangelical Seminary and Azusa Pacific University's Graduate School of Theology. She teaches God's Word to women and children at Oakwood Baptist Church in New brunsville. Um, Texas writes lessons for the interactive whiteboard and loves spending her days getting and passing out manna. Her website is over at oliveleafpublications.com. And I welcome you, Sharon.
1: Oh, it's so good to be with you, Marnie. We have had a relationship for many years, but most of it has been texting or emailing. So it's really good to talk with you in person today.
0: I'm feeling the same way I just was looking forward to this day for so long and so excited that you can come and share with us and you really are one of my um you would be what do I favor people to have talk about this topic, both because you've published several books yourself, but also because you've really needed to trust God for the provision to do so. You haven't had a huge budget or a big publishing house behind you. You've really um, found your way through the woods, if you will, uh, to get this stuff out onto the market. And maybe just uh introducing your books a little bit. You do, you you have a series of books for one thing on prayer. So maybe just talk for just like a minute or two about that.
1: Sure. Uh, I have four books on prayer, waiting at the window, warring at the window, waltzing at the window, and the latest book is wonder at the window. And they're just, they're just uh, lessons in prayer. The Lord has given to me over the years and they include answers to prayer. So sometimes you have to read a couple books ahead to find out how God answered a a specific prayer because some things take time to to find out the answer to. But uh, I just love reading back over them. They're just a a chronological uh, written remembrance of God's faithfulness in my life. And, you know, just like God told um, the children of Israel to set up stones to remember and when the uh, Amalekites were fighting, when. When they held up Moses' hand, God told him to write a scroll so that the children of Israel would never forget the battle. That's what my books are. They're just scrolls of remembrance.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Say, just for clarity's sake, if you have the show airing in the back of you somewhere, if you could turn that to mute, that would help us to be able to hear you just a little bit better. Well, as we get going here, one of the things that we're going to talk about is just how to um, first get the seed idea of a book uh, or what you're going to share and how to go about really finding the seed or identifying that it is a seed, and then what to do with it after that. And that's really the first step. So maybe just launch us right into that.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I don't think many people think they have a book in them. And yet, God has taught each person so many lessons. And that's really what, that's where my books have come out of, of what God's taught me. Uh, Even my books for children have come out of lessons or things that God has sparked interest in me. And and I want to encourage people that first of all, God has made them a steward. Everything they've learned, they're a steward of it. And you know you you don't get wise till late in life and and if you wait too long, nobody's listening. (laughs) So you want to (laughs) get that wisdom in a form that you can share. And we don't have to be limit that a lot today. We can we can share on our social media Websites. We can blog. We can do all kinds of things. We can write personal letters to family members, just to make sure that that the things we've learned get passed on. Um, I was going to say that uh, spending time with Jesus is the main place we find the seed of what we're going to share. And in my life, it just seems like you know, some people like speed read through their their Bibles, you know, they're they're reading through the Bible in a year, but I find I need to slow down. And sometimes I am meditating in a passage for several weeks until God births it, till I see it ripen in my own life. And then the message is there. So even if it doesn't get put into a book, it can just be brewing there. And then God can use it in in creative ways i'll give you a good example i was meditating on acts 13 at one point in time and this is where uh you know the people are praying for peter he's locked in prison and um and rhoda goes to the to the door and she's so overwhelmed that god has heard her prayer i think I may be reading a little bit into that Bible story, but I just see that she was maybe one of the people who really had the faith to believe that God could get Peter out of prison. And uh, and I just feel like God gave her the special joy of answering the door so she could see him in person. And then her joy was so great. But some of the people who were at the prayer meeting did not believe. And so they said, you're out of your mind. And, and I think that God gave me that passage. I was brewing in that, and I could see all of the things that were coming out of that prayer meeting. Not just Peter getting out of prison, but the missionaries that were sent in the next chapter, and, and the, uh, the man who was saved, who was an official, uh, an important uh, person. And I could just see all of these things that, as a result of that prayer meeting, happened in the early church. Well, then we started our Bible study series uh, on the war room, and I knew exactly what God wanted me to share. Uh, So it starts in that quiet time. You know, if there's so many people that are talking and blogging and doing lots of things, but sometimes you can see that their time with the Lord is, is short so that they can spend a long time with people. And I think I'd rather spend the long time with God, and the short time passing out the hotcakes.
0: Because you know, when you're in <laughs> His,
1: when you're in His kitchen, there are always hotcakes to pass out.
0: So, if we went back and said the first step, what would you summarize the first step as?
1: Well, I think meditating on Scripture is is a key point. And and I was just reading on notes about today how you reconstruct, you rewrite a scripture verse and claim it as your own and meditate on it. And that's kind of what I do too. I just, I take a, a scripture passage. Right now I've been uh, meditating on Hebrews 11:33 to 34. And uh, every year I teach VBS and our church has a huge VBS. So I'll have 300 kids come through just my Bible story center for for older children, third through fifth grade. We'll have over three and I've been concentrating on this passage that says, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed mm-hmm. acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. It, I've just been thinking about every single one of those phrases in relationship to VBS. God says he is going to make me mighty in war. From my weakness, he's going to make me strong. He's going to shut the mouths of lions and children. Got to see that last year when, when these noisy children came in and then all of a sudden sat so quietly. Uh, it was like a library during Bible study time. And I know <laughs> that was because the Lord shut their mouths. <laughs> so I just, right. I, I'll just meditate on a passage like this until I can call up phrases during my day. Obtain promises. Lord, I plan on obtaining those promises, and I'll pull a few up to remind him. You know, you said, you said it. You said, I, I we would see things that I have not seen and ear have not heard, and that have never even entered the mind of someone. But you said, I'll obtain them. So just calling up those phrases, and then looking around, you know, the ideas for my children's books have come from very unique situations. Um, I was thinking of the King's Silverware. I wanted to give something to Gospel for Asia. One day they came to our church, and the message stirred me. And I said, Lord, if you'll give me a children's book, if you'll give me a story, I'll donate all the proceeds to Gospel for Asia. And the Lord gave me the story, The King's Silverware, which is all about mm. the pieces of silverware at the banquet and how they each had a job. You know, the fork couldn't do what the knife could do, and the knife couldn't do what the spin, spoon could do. But they each had a purpose. And when they each did what they were created to do, then everybody got fed. The the Lord also led me to uh, a co-author through a very strange set of circumstances. Pray at our church every morning. So our prayer team would gather and I would pray. And one of the ladies there said, I think you should meet my friend, Nancy Sanders. And I thought, well, that's, that's a little odd, just right out of the blue. Here's her phone number, call her up. And I felt a little odd doing it, but you know, God does odd things sometimes to bring us, bring the people that we need to talk to and that need us to talk to them. And Soon after, I called her up, and I shared the little story the Lord had given me, and she had written, at that time, I think about 80 books, and so she took my very uh, limited writing skills and turned the story into something much, much better, and Mm -hmm. since then, we wrote wrote books together, so the Lord had a purpose in us meeting. He had something, so many things for her to teach me, and, and a little story I could share with her. So, have your mm-hmm. eyes open. Can can I share a couple other stories about how the Lord has opened up ideas for books because people out there are going to be hopefully listening to this and having their faith ignited. And I want them to know that just that little tickle, that little um pressing in of God on their hearts is the beginning of a book many, many times. Um mm-hmm. one time I was visiting a shut-in from our church and um, this man was over 100 years old. And as I talked with him, he began to share his life story. He had actually taught Harpo Marx how to play the, wow. the saxophone. The saxophone. <laughs> he had been on stage with Jack Benny, May West. And, and I would go to visit him, and I would just love hearing him talk about what a bad accordion player, Myron Floyd, um who's that guy, Myron, uh, you know, the Lawrence Welk, you know who I'm talking about. The accordion player on Lawrence Welk, Myron Florin, I think his name is. Anyway, I just began to say, Tony, your life to be written down. It is fascinating. And he said, oh, I already have a book. But I, as I read through it, it was for adults. And I thought children needed to read his story because, He was only six years old when he was snatched out of school and made to perform on the uh, on the stage to help his family earn a living. And he had to teach himself how to read. He learned how to read by reading the newspaper accounts of the Titanic sinking.
0: Hmm.
1: And I thought, you know, children today just take learning so for granted. They need to know that precious. So I asked him if I could write a story, and Nancy and I worked on that one, too. In fact, we have a picture of us celebrating his 101st birthday. And the cake in the book. Yeah. So uh, you just never know when the Lord is going to just trigger a thought for a book.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. And we're going to take start break and come right back and talk about um the second point which is the little known secret action that will change everything we'll be right back Well, you guys, every week we feature something over at Marnie.com, and this week it's the free stuff. So if you go to Marnie.com and at the top, there's a drop down list, you can click on um, coaching and more. And under there, you'll find the free stuff. And some of the ones I wanted to highlight today were the social media networking success in 15 minutes a day ebook. There's also an ebook on how to start or grow a women's ministry. You'll find my own do template, and that's the one that I use every day to organize my crazy life. You'll also find my scripture memorization tool over there, so you can memorize passages. And this is something that I had a programmer help me develop because it's hard for me to memorize, but I love to memorize the Bible. So I had that um, scripture memorization tool created, and you can find that free over at Marnie.com. And right now we're going to go back and invite Sharon Riddle, our guest with us today, to talk with us about the next point, which is, uh the little known secret action that will change everything
1: yeah marnie i think that the secret is learning how to pass out seed how to sow seed everywhere you go every what everything that you do um a lot of people don't think that their opportunity their experiences are valuable enough to share with other people and yet think of how many times you have saved your children's heartache by just sharing a story of, well, I didn't listen here, but I wish I had, or uh, just just sharing a scripture verse with somebody who's hurting. So I find that if I think of the word as seed and I try to scatter a little bit everywhere I go, there are lots of opportunities, and some of them are found in books, which were, say I'm on my Facebook page and I see someone who's going through difficulty, I might just pull up a scripture verse and write it in their comment, tell them I'm praying that over them that day. And Mm -hmm. I've not just planted a seed in the person. I've planted a seed in every single person who's put a comment on that person. And, you know, the enemy, he plants his seed all the time. He is planting pictures. He's planting thoughts. He's planting temptations. And i want to do I want to do my part in sowing seed uh do you remember the story about Isaac when the land was in a famine? You remember that story mm-hmm. in that same chapter it says that Isaac sowed in the land and in that same year reaped a hundredfold and I got to thinking about that in a year where there was famine, that was the year that every time he dug a well somebody claimed it for their, themselves and he kept having to dig another well and another well. And so even in a land where there was no water, where there was fighting, where there was conflict, at the end of the year ice came out with a hundred and that's what I'm praying that the Lord will do with my life. I don't have that many years yet to live. I have turned 60 this year and I figure I'm going to plant as much seed as I can because I want to uh, I want to have that phrase that the Lord gave when he sent out the uh, the disciples two by two, and they came back and he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. That's my agenda
0: for every day. I want to see Satan fall like lightning. <laughs> I love that. And you are the one to do it. You're the one to teach us how to do that, too. Um, let's go ahead and talk about, um, now you've already mentioned a great way to do this is just in in small uh, small ways like even in a facebook post we can sow these seeds i always say you know if you have a if you have a little idea uh, put it out as a Facebook post and just see what happens. If it's a bigger idea, write a whole blog about it. If it's a bigger That's idea, right. write an article or a white paper about it. If it's a bigger idea, write an e-book about it. And if it's a really big idea, write a book or a series of books mm-hmm. about it. But um, let's talk a little bit about the book aspect of things, because I know a lot of mm-hmm. listeners were coming today um, to learn about that and some of your right. history of how you how you took a bigger idea – all the way from idea to the book and how you finance that. And we want to be sure to cover that. So let's talk about the different ways of publishing a book that you've been familiar with and maybe your, your insights there.
1: Okay. Well, the first time I had a book ready, it had come out of some great time with the Lord and I had created some chapters and I felt like it was a book that was going to be a help to people. But uh, I'd submitted it to publishers. I hadn't had much of a response. And in today's world, there is just so much uh, publishing going on, so much digital publishing that you, you really have to have a break or just be fantastic from the get-go to get that that initial break. First book that I published came when uh, an anonymous donor gave me the money to publish my book and so I went through a company called Zulon. I know a lot of people have probably used them. Um they take your manuscript, they you know, put the chapter headings on it, they collect all the information that you're going to need for your book. And I remember that process cost $1800. Great. I went to the uh, CBA uh convention and sold some books, and and, uh, did a book signing. But uh, not too long later, I had a second book, and I had not made $1,800 back yet on the first book. So I looked into some different ways to print, and I found a a printer in my town that would print 500 copies of the book for $1,000. So I thought, well, that's a lot more books and a lot less money, I had to go through a few more steps. I had to collect all the pieces myself, pictures, uh, bio, summary of the book. But by then, I had a, a book to look at. And so I pretty much just had to update things, recreate things. And um, and so I did that. I still have books in boxes from that second printing. <laughs> so it, it was not a, a way that I would advise people to print a book. Well, with the third book, I had found out in the meantime that Zulon used a printer, an electronic digital printer called Lightning Source, and so I had gone on their website and found that anybody could become a publisher. Uh, you have to get a SAN number, which is how they locate who's published what book in the United States, but um, you can you can become your own publisher. And I could print the same book that I had paid someone else to print for a lot less money, and so that's what I did with every book since then. I do know too that for people that don't want to go through maybe all the the parts and pieces, that they have a a site called Ingram Spark where you can uh, get a lot of lot more help with your book. But I wanted to ask you, what have you learned? Because you have published so many ebooks.
0: You've you've published with Kindle and Amazon.com. What have you learned? Well, I actually use Lightning Source myself. That's uh, that's definitely what I would recommend also because what they're going to do, and and you do have to have it formatted. Don't just send them, you know. They're not. They're going to print whatever – I mean, they, they will rule it out. If you do a poor job, they won't even print it at all, and yep. they aren't going to change it. Once they say, okay, what you've submitted is going to publishing, that's what they're going to do. And you that's can right. do an update to that. Let's say you get the print job back and you realize, oh, there was a big mistake or whatever. I think it's $75 to submit again and to go forward with a fresh updated version of your book, which is amazing to me that it's that easy (laughs) because like when a a book used to come out, you were locked into that book forever. You know, you didn't ever get Mm to change anything. And now, you know, for $75, you can change it, but um, definitely lightning source is so beautiful. And you can even order, you know, after your first order, which I'm not sure what their minimum is. I always encourage people to buy at least a hundred. I always think, you know, if you don't think you can give away or sell 100 yourself, it's probably not ready to print yet. <laughs> so, That's right. That's right. Uh, but um, and there's a break. There's a break at 100 and then there's breaks at different points as you go up in the quantity you print. So when you order, you're, you're just paying basically for the copying of the book. And so like you said, it's so inexpensive. After that, you can order as few as one. Uh, and so it makes it just totally doable for any budget to be able to do this.
1: And, you know, the listeners might be wondering, what is a totally doable budget? Well, just for an example, my latest book, Wonder at the Window, um, I think that one cost about $3 a copy. Uh, my first book, $4 a copy. That was about 200 pages. A full-color children's book is about $5 to get it printed. And that, you know, we're talking a full-color book. To me, that is just so reasonable. And then, of course, you can sell it for 10 or 12 or 14, depending on what you need. Um, And you can keep your quantities totally up to date. I just see, oh, I'm I'm down to five copies. I'll order 20 more. I could have them shipped to a location. Let's say I'm going to make in California. Instead of packing my suitcase, I can have a box shipped to California. And then I can either leave them with the church or I can bring home what I don't sell. So it's to me, it's very affordable. Now there are a few other little costs. Like you said, it's it's seventy five dollars to do the the setup. And and just as you said, I want to reiterate that is a camera ready PDF. Um, they'll need a couple things. They'll need to use a uh, a program called InDesign. And this is in a Adobe suite that a lot of graphic artists have. Uh, the ability to access my daughter is a senior art student. And so she had the program, but she could have done it at school. Um, So you have to have InDesign and you have to have Adobe Acrobat professional. These are the files that they accept and uh, they have templates on their website. So what you would do is you would say, okay, I want to set up uh, this size book and this is where it gets a little bit complicated. There are so many choices, But what I would encourage the listeners to do is find a book that looks like what you're trying to, to reiterate. If you're, if you're doing a children's book, get a copy of a children's book you like, measure the pages, look at the color of the paper. Is it white? Is it cream? Because they're going to ask you what would what is your book going to be? And, uh, and then you're going to know the answer to those questions. Uh, And then after you've selected those, they're going to send you a template that you can send on to your graphic artist who is going to design your cover, and it shows them exactly where they need to keep the artwork, you know, the borders that they need to keep it within, um, what are the criteria, uh, and then when you are ready to upload, you you have, let's, uh, we got to, we got to go back just on another minute. We got to go back to when they're actually writing the book. Sure. Uh, they need to, first of all, have at least three really good editors. And I they could be professional editors or they could be people who teach English or a professor in college or somebody who just is one of those people that is able to see every mistake in the bulletin. <laughs> they just have that gift. And have them read your book, not just for grammar, not just for spelling, but did you really want to say this? Um, I had a friend who was a theologian read one of my books, and he said, "I understand what you're trying to say here, but do you really want to say it that way and um i I just felt that was so helpful to have not just not just grammar check but wisdom check and um, uh, and then, after you've had somebody read through your book and you have formatted chapters, uh, that's important to do. Don't pick fonts yet." let your graphic artists kind of give you some ideas because they'll probably have a lot of idea of what is a current look. You don't want to date your book by picking, you know, old type fonts, things like that. And then the cover is really important. And you want to, you want to make sure you're going to lure your listener in You're you're the professional at this Marnie. You just have titles that grab people and, I know you do some of your own graphic work, but that is so important. And I would just think about the picture. In fact, one of my books, uh, Waltzing at the Window, was the idea of coming to the Lord in prayer and and letting it be a, a kind of a dance. And let me explain. Where he is leading and I'm following, but there's such a joy in the time of prayer that um, kind of reminds me of Malachi 4, where it says that we'll skip mm-hmm. about like calves from the stall, and <laughs> uh, and I could just picture my little granddaughter Ruby just running through a field of wildflowers, and that's what the graphic artist that I was using at that time, that's the picture that he created, he an open window with a girl that really did look like my granddaughter running through a field of flowers. And so the Lord will give you all those details, but but you will need a good graphic artist. And why not use a student at a Christian college that you want to help support? They're starving artists anyway. They need support, and uh, they have the tools we need to make our books come alive. Uh, so I, to me, the process is a no-brainer. It's very little money, and you're you're getting to get a book at a very low cost so that you can sow seed everywhere.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. This is Marnie Sweber visiting today with our guest, Sharon Riddle of oliveleafpublishing.com and you can just check out her website over there when you get over there she also is offering a special um, report to you called how to self-publish your book how to self-publish your book and again it's at com. so when you go over there just click on her photo and you'll be able to go in and request that report there um, right now we're just going to talk about women speakers for just a couple minutes Okay, as you know, every week we have a WomenSpeakers.com feature, and today's featured speaker is Debbie Hand of El Paso, not Texas, but El Paso, Illinois. And over at Women's Speakers, you're going to find over a thousand Christian women speakers who are available to you. To speak at your women's events, whether they're in the secular uh, region or in the church or an outreach or whatever it is, there's no middleman, no waiting, no fees Completely free for you to search anytime, day or night, whenever you have time over at womenspeakers.com. And today's featured again, Debbie Hand of El Paso, Illinois. You can find her bio, her favorite talks, her recommendations from people who've heard her speak, her resources like books, CDs, and more. And if you're an event coordinator or speaker booker, be sure to check out Debbie and the rest of speakers at womenspeakers.com. Well, at this time, we're going to bring Sharon back and we're going to keep talking about how to write and speak on a shoestring. And we've had some great conversations until now. Um, one of the things we're going to do, I had a conversation, uh, I think, uh, maybe two weeks ago with another gal who was publishing a memorial book for a college, uh, uh, their whole history of the college. She had a lot of these nitty gritty questions, like we've been covering them kind of at a high level here. Um publisher and InDesign and uh, costs and all that. I go into it very deeply with her point by point in that interview. We'll be posting that shortly after this one goes um, off the air into the, into the archive. So watch for that complimentary training there too. That will come pretty soon. And again, the book that I wrote eBooks idea to Amazon in 14 days is also a really good, uh, reference source for you guys and on pages of 58 and 59, I talk about the editing concepts that Sharon was mentioning. And when you get editors and this is the place where I feel like, and I don't know, Sharon, if you agree with us, but this is a place where a lot of, a lot of writers could use a little more help with the editing. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And, um, yeah, so the things you're looking for is with the key editing concepts, you're looking for things like redundancy, the order of the material, the balance, the patterns, the citations. And then when you have the editors that you're bringing in, you really want to have somebody doing proofreading. You know, you're just looking for typos, punctuation like that, but you also want copy editors. They they do all of that, plus they check capitalization, word use, and even tone. Then you have full-scale editors that are called sometimes the hard, heavy, or developmental editors. They're looking for overall congruity so that the reader experiences the same kind of an experience from the beginning to the end of the book. Uh, another one is the formatting editors. They're like the nuts and bolts people. They're looking for a line spacing and, you know, are you keeping consistent throughout? Are all your references and citations done properly? And then you have your technical editors and they're the fact checkers and the whistleblowers and they're the they're the ones that are gonna say, I think, you know, did did you actually, you know, was this a a real number or did you kinda think that was about close to the number? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so when you have when you know when you have people editing, I just encourage you, don't skimp on the editing. Um the editing once you once you go to all the work to to present this concept you really want people to be able to sit down and relax and enjoy your book instead of kind of getting um getting hit all the time with surprise you know typos and things that That's make right. them uncomfortable or feel like you don't really know what you're talking about and that feels Sharon I don't know that feels a little unfair to me because you don't have to be a perfect um english major in order to have a good concept to share but it's true mm-hmm. that people can't really trust you unless you present it in a way that's trustworthy. Yes.
1: And they can get so distracted, like you said, so so distracted Mm with, with the errors that they can't hear the message. So, yeah. And I think every time you go through another person, you're just eliminating more distractions. Um, I know time is important too, because when you write a book, you need time so that when you come back, um, I think the first book, I think I, we were editing it for almost a year. And so every time I would come back, I would see more things. And um, that that's important in the process.
0: Oh, absolutely. My first book, it took me two and a half years to write it. And then when it went to the professional publishers in New York City, they took 18 months to edit it. So, I mean, four years for that book. So you wow. you really have, I mean, that's what you're really competing with as a writer. You're competing with books that yeah. have been through the, the grid. You know, that's they've right. really been through it. Uh, so many eyes on it. And yeah. it's so important to work toward that. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention, too, about that other training that will come after this one is that in that one there's also, just like Sharon's giving away this um, this um, paper on how to self-publish your book, in that one I also include my editor, my InDesign formatter, my cover artist, and so you guys can really get a jump start over the general population just by being my friend here and uh, Sharon's friend today, so uh, be sure to follow up on that if you're serious about getting your book out. Sure, That's let's, talk a, yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, the like for you, the difference between the paperback, the hardbacks, the e-versions. Uh, what have you done there, and what did you find helpful? Okay, well, my first book I had done in
1: paperback and hardback. Hardback is so expensive for people that I've just gone with paperback, mm-hmm, and I have mm-hmm. done some e-publishing. Once you have the documents that you load to a lightning source, you can put that on Kindle. You can put right. that on Amazon. I mean, it's just, I use the uh, Kindle Kids Creator to do ch- my children's books. Once you have those bones, you can put your book anywhere. In fact, one thing that people kind of forget about, too, is that you can give your book away. Um, you know, you can, when you're, when you're talking with someone and they're going through a really critical life uh, experience, Yeah, you can hand them a hard copy of your book, but when you write the book, you can also send them the file of your book. You can share it freely because it didn't cost you a cent to share that life lesson with them. And um, I I think people sometimes think they have to share the whole book, but no. Uh, There are many times when uh, I just feel like the Lord is saying, this chapter is what this person needs to hear right now, Uh, a couple of my friends last year have been at work. And there have been some things that I've written that have been an encouragement to people who are in that state. And I'll just fire that chapter. And I've had so many people say, thank you. Thank you for something to hold on during this Mm -hmm. long, difficult process of waiting for God to steer us into a a new job. In fact, I wanted to share a little story because one of the people that I had shared uh, with was a former worship leader and um, I had been working on a message called the deep, where, you know, when, when Peter first meets Jesus, he he gets in Peter's boat and he says, put out a little way. And then later on, he says, now put out into the deep water." and and i was just i began to meditate on that and how the lord just wherever we're comfortable then the lord takes us a little step beyond that and uh, you know peter ends up walking on the water and and he's ready to do it because he says lord if you tell me to come i'm ready to do that and then i thought about paul how he was in the deep for a day and a half and i was sharing some of these thoughts with this worship leader who was looking for a job, looking for a position. The Lord had led him away from one church, but he hadn't been led to another church. And he shared this back to me. Um, He was in the pool with his son and, and he was teaching him how to swim. And he normally swims with a life jacket on. And as his dad started unlocking the life jacket, he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to teach you how to swim. He said, I am swimming. And the father said, no, I'm going to teach you how to really swim. He said, he reluct- reluctantly let me take off the, his life jacket. And as I unbuckled the last buckle, I felt him a little tighter. The moment he, he realized the difference between <laughs> floating with the jacket uh, to floating without it, I rolled him on his back and said, relax. He did his best to relax, in fact, he would just get to the right place and then jerk back into a panic and I had to assure him I said he said, "But I'll sink and I said, "Buddy, as long as you're I'm here, you'll never sink and Now that was just his text back, but you see how powerful that illustration is when you're a person out of work. God was saying to him, "Buddy, you won't sink." As long as I'm here and a story like that can go out for free anywhere and encourage somebody that's at that really volatile point. So I want to encourage the writers, not just to publish, to try to earn money, which it's great. it, It is helpful, but, but to sow the seed, to encourage lives, to encourage their friends, to, to encourage people that they're discipling people that they know, people that are in a hard place. Uh, I know that's what you do, Marnie. And I, I do want to say thank you from all of the silent listeners. You know, we we click in to your broadcasts and click out. Sometimes you don't know. I don't, maybe you do know that we're there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're there and we hear you and we know that you're sowing seed. And I've heard you mm. for over 10 years and mm. the resources that you provide and And I know sometimes you go through difficult things because you're just out there where the bullets can hit. But I just want to tell you that we really do appreciate all the work that you put into encouraging all of us. And, you know, just the fact that I don't know where your broadcast goes. Maybe you could tell us.
0: Do you go all the way around the world? Well, because it's online, it does go all the way around the world, um, and then it's, it's syndicated in the United States, a few places, and then also people, I, what, I, what I think is really fun about Blog Talk Radio is people actually go to my show page, and they can capture a listener box. And those are all over the web, these listener box on people's pages. They put the list the show on their own page so people can listen to what they've been enjoying, which by the way, for those of you who do that, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) But uh, thank you for that, Sharon. And I I love the concept. Well, first of all, um, everything you said, but I love the concept of dissecting your work and you can do this before your book is published um, as well as after, but dissecting it all the way from, a portion of your book to someone who needs that, uh, a chapter of your book, down to a story of your book, down to just an even phrase. And as you're going through and you're making your uh, maybe your headliners or whatever within a chapter, uh, so you'd have your chapter title, but then what are your subtitles within your chapter or what are your key thoughts, a lot of times a key thought or something that you might pull out is in a quote box or whatever, a lot of times those are the things that you're going to share on social media uh, where you just actually put a concept out there and then, and then you link back either to the book or to a blog where you define it a little more completely. And I just thought, well, we're going to take one final short break here and we're going to come talk back and talk about other writing and speaking opportunities that you can take advantage of on a tight budget. We'll be right back. Okay, and right now we want to look ahead a little bit. First of all, if you have never done a 21-day win, oh my goodness, join us this month because 21 day wins are just a fantastic way for you to either break a habit or make a new habit. You can finish a project or you can just get something done that's been hanging over you. It's a group coaching sessions. So I'm there every week to do a group coaching session with you. But also there's a private Facebook page where we get together and hold each other accountable. And so this is a way where, I mean, people have done all kinds of amazing things in the past several years through these group coaching sessions. If you're a member at Marnie.com, it comes with the membership. Just go to Marnie.com, click, click on Coaching and More and you'll find it right there. And if you're not a member yet, you can look to join and we'd love to have you. So That's there as well as if you go to Marnie.com, you'll see all of the other upcoming stuff either on the front page or on the free training page. Our guest today, Sharon Riddle is here with us from her website, oliveleafpublications.com. And again, has offered us that free report, how to self publish your book. Sharon, in the last section here of the program, I want to spend some time talking about other writing and speaking opportunities. You know, a lot of people feel like, you know, I can't, I can't really get out there because I don't have much money, and I want you to address that because I, I love your spirit about this, and I'm actually right there with you. I, I used to say that money was the thing that had me on my knees the most often, and then, Sharon, there came a point where I became really convicted about that, and I thought, mm-hmm. really, really? really money is what's going to be my main prayer request because I really don't think that money is that big of a deal for God. And so I just decided I was going to trust him more, whine less and uh, move forward. So tell us about, tell us about this for you because I know you have some specific illustrations of this in your life. Definitely. Um, One time I was actually reading on the web. I, I, by the way, I should preface this to
1: say I'm a harp player. And so early on in my life, I had, several harps. When I married my husband, we were starting a church plant. And so that harp kind of had to go away so we could have money to actually eat while we were planting a church and growing a church. But one day I was on the web and I was reading a woman's testimony. And she said, Lord, I want to use, I would like to learn to play a harp so that I could go to hospitals and minister to patients. The Lord answered her prayer by giving her a beautiful harp. And now she goes all over the world ministering to people with her harp. Well, when I read Love that it. story, something ignited in me. And I said, Lord, you know, I have the faith to believe you for another harp. We don't have any money in the bank, but I am just going to claim this woman's story. And if she asked you for a harp and you said yes, Maybe you want to give me a harp, and I just haven't asked you for one. So that day, I got down in my little office, and I asked the Lord to open up a harp. Well, it's, it was a very interesting answer to my prayer. My daughter, uh, two months later, was uh, being homeschooled in California. And at that time, California was actually giving students that were being homeschooled through a public uh, homeschool program, money for music lessons. So we started renting a harp. It was $100 a month, and they paid the rental fee. So within two months, I had a harp. Then my mom passed away a couple months later, and I was left a little bit of an inheritance. The whole harp was paid off in just a few months. And I used that heart for over 12 years to minister to the Lord. So I, here's one thing I really want your, li- your listeners to do today. Is if anything in them has resonated with they have something to share, they want to get some seed out there. First of all, ask the Lord. The Lord is the only reason that I have seven books published. I have never had thousands of of dollars in the bank he has opened every opportunity led me to anybody i needed to talk to and so i would just like to encourage them to just take a minute and say lord if this is you if you're the one prompting me then i pray that you'll open up the resources and don't be surprised don't be like the people at the bible study praying for peter to get out of prison when he shows up (laughs) at the door you know (laughs) <laughs> because you're gonna have a special joy in knowing he specifically answered that prayer. And and then don't forget your promises. If you make promises like I'll donate these uh proceeds to this cause, don't forget, don't forget your promise. That that can be easy to do. Let's see, some of the other places that you can pass out uh seeds. How about on YouTube? You know, everybody's making a video about just about every- in these days uh, when I want to make a banana cream pie I watch someone's video or when I want to uh, my husband wants to learn how to change the spark plugs on a new car he turns on a video how about a YouTube video of an important lesson that you've learned in your life or a story that that God wants to use and then send that out on your Facebook page or, or your blog or tweet it out Tweeting is a wonderful way to hone your writing skills because you only get a few characters. And if you can't say it in those few characters, you really don't really know what you're going to (laughs) say at all. (laughs) I love tweeting these days because I can just take uh, one thing I do. This is kind of interesting. I I watch a lot of programs during my lunch hour. I work from home, so I'll turn on a, a program from Right Now Media. And I'll watch a Bible story lesson that someone else teaches me. And then I think of the one or two truths that I take away from that message. I go back to my computer and just before I start working, I tweet that out. And so think of how that seed has gone out. The person sowed it into my life. And then I turned around and tweeted it out to others. And then I have some pastors some teachers some speakers that are on my that are on my that are my Twitter followers, and they sow that out to somebody else. Now, think right. of how many people got that seed that day.
0: Yeah. So, I just want to encourage
1: yeah. your listeners.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and there's there's so so many times that we're like, well, what you know, what do I have of value to share? But if you have a writing project or if you have a speech that you've already put together a presentation, you have a lot of material, probably way more than you can imagine, because each of your key points is a whole thought in itself that could actually radically turn someone's. Uh, focus in a moment where they just read it or see it and it can change everything and the youtube videos are amazing now you can put the full length thing on um, or you can have something for 30 seconds or a minute and a half and just get someone's attention i mean it's it's just incredible what we have available to us i really liked your story sharing about the harp and there's a you know there's a saying that i have um what you i'm saying it to god but i say what you've done for others you can do for me and hearing a story like that about your harp can help us to remember that god is our source and he does have the ability to just i'm going to say randomly but in shocking ways provide for needs that we can't see how to provide for ourselves and when we wait until every ducks in a row, when we wait to ask until we can see where everything's coming from, sometimes we do him a disservice in that. And it's it's a beautiful illustration of trusting. Do you have another story like that that you can share with us?
1: Definitely. Definitely. One of the people that inspired my life is, is George Mueller. And if you read about his work with the orphans in, in England, he learned to wait on God's timing. And one thing I've learned about God's timing is sometimes it is surprisingly slow, and other times <laughs> it is amazingly fast. Um, thinking about Wonder at the Window and how I took your 21-day challenge, which I hope there's some listeners thinking about doing that, because your my challenge was to get that book on paper in 21 days. And as a result mm-hmm. of your encouragement and the interaction with the other writers, I've I just don't think it would have gotten done that fast. And mm. then it was out. It was ready to go. My daughter, I, I didn't even know how long that process would take of her learning how to set the book up. But the very first time she tried it, she got it right.
0: Wow, and, uh, amazing. And it was such a yeah. simple
1: process. Um, that, that was one thing. I, I did have to learn that sometimes God wanted more time before the actual printing because maybe he had another chapter that I, I didn't know about that was important. Sometimes there was a prayer request answer he wanted included in the book. And I had to wait <laughs> long enough to see that yeah. answered. Um, you know, my husband has dealt with an illness and you have to read through several books to see how the Lord has just worked in, in that situation. Hmm. But, but I want to, I want to just Make sure the listeners know that when you get something on paper, it outlives you. And I, I remember reading about Hudson Taylor and how he was a, a wayward teenager. But one day he was bold and he sat down and picked up a track in, the, uh, in, the, in his family home. And through that track, gave his heart to the Lord. And of course, we know he became a famous missionary to China. What if you knew that someone, maybe after the rapture, might pick up your book, might come to know Christ, might be one of those pivotal people in the very last moments of time on earth that could win someone else. Hmm. Would it be worth taking the time, even if it was just to write a letter and Uh, I do have a story, a friend of mine, I was praying for uh, her father to come to know the Lord. And there were different times in my life that the Lord would say, you know, write him a note or encourage a family member that he is going to come to Christ. And I'll tell you, eight years of praying went by before I got a phone call. And this person was an atheist when i first started praying for him mm-hmm. during the mm-hmm. course of the 8 years he said i'm now agnostic then he started coming to church he would only come to the time that uh the sermon was being preached he didn't really like to worship <laughs> the worship service but then uh i got a phone call here it is i've i've moved to texas i don't even get to see him anymore and i get a phone call and it's this person his name is joe and he said sharon I had to call you. I just accepted the Lord into my heart and was baptized. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. And
1: his family was sharing with me that the day they heard Joe pray out loud for the first time, they just all wept. But, you know, just to know that our writing, our speaking, our praying can change what we can. We, we don't even have to be there to see it. You know, God right. promises us. That a thousand generations for those who love the Lord are going to be blessed. So that means right now, something I'm doing in my obedience to the Lord is going to affect, if the Lord carries, a a thousand generations forward. And that, to me, is so powerful. So I just want to Hmm. encourage your listeners. Number one, it's God who's going to get their book published. It's God who has the resources. God who has the connections. God who has the wisdom, he knows the whole process. And then if they'll give him the one thing he needs, which is their faith, and it and it might just be a small seed today, God can take that seed, he can multiply it, and in a year of famine, he can bring back a hundred full crops
0: of whatever they give him. Oh my goodness. That's so beautiful. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for being here today. What fun I've had just hanging out with my girlfriend here online this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you, Marnie. And you guys, you need to go check out her website. It is oliveleafpublications.com. If you click on her photo, you'll be able to um, find her contact information there to request the the, uh, paper, how to self publish your book. And that's got like, more detail than we could share here on the air today. And that's available to you as her gift. So be sure to go over there and do that. Well, I was thinking as um, she was talking about uh, timing, how Mary, the mother of Jesus, was just a teenager and not yet married when she conceived Christ. And that seemed too early to her. And her aunt, Elizabeth, was quite old and past the childbearing years. And that seemed too late to Elizabeth. But God was right on time with them. And he will be right on time with you. Whatever he is birthing through you, for the benefit of others he will be right on time and just like what Sharon said what he needs from you is your faith and your availability I encourage you to just continue to look for the next step for you Um, listen to this training from the beginning if you came late or had to miss part of it and also catch the next one where it's me being interviewed by a gal who's writing a different book and between the two I think you're going to really have the basic components for you to get your book published and to get that out there. Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope you'll meet me over at Marnie.com and check that all out over there. And we'll see you again next time. Until then, have a wonderful day. bye Bye.